Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy. Hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Hello, this is John Palmer, and I'm listening. <laughs> you know, watching too much, uh, what was it, uh, Frasier? Yeah. <laughs> I'm listening, yes. Yes, yes, yes. You're listening, and uh, you're listening to... Uh, Hopefully other people are listening besides you. Uh, you're listening to a, a live Q&A show for Brew Strong. We actually do these uh, just about every third episode becomes a uh, live Q&A. And the reason we do this is because... Uh, we get you know, tons of questions. <laughs> we get lots of questions. And if you were to wait for us to answer them in shows, uh, you know, one by one, it would be, you know, in the the three, year 3000 before we actually caught up. So we like to do some uh, you know quick short questions, knock them out uh, while we can. And you know who pays for this so you you can uh, have access to us to answer these questions. You actually you can you can you can chat live and ask these questions live. Uh, just go to the bringnetwork.com and there's a chat now button. Jump on there. You can uh, Justin's moderating, he'll get your questions and and he'll ask them and uh, there you go. Use small words. Use small words. Type slowly. Phonetically. Um, but, uh, you know, the whole reason that this is possible, well, one of the reasons this is possible is uh, Blickman Engineering. Uh, John Blickman decided to uh, sponsor the show. So he's actually paying for the show so you don't have to. He's uh, uh, providing the funds that uh, help, uh, you know, keep uh, the, the, the lights on, the board operating, and uh, Justin with plenty of ramen and condoms. So that's uh, one of the reasons that you should go to BlickmanEngineering.com. You know, check that out. Send them an email. Tell them that you appreciate uh, that they do this for us. And uh, you know, while you're there, check out the gear they got. If you haven't seen Blickman Engineering equipment before, you'll be surprised. It's uh, great stuff and beautifully. I brewed on it. Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping to brew on it. I just need to put it together. <laughs> I need to get my act together. I need to stop traveling. Is what I need to stop doing. And uh, you know, it's it's it's. Uh, Great, great equipment, and uh, uh, you know something that you're going to want to check out. They got uh, brew systems, they got fermenters, they got uh, chillers, they got bottling devices, they got uh, uh, neat little things to uh, you know. Uh, you can you can brew a Pliny the Elder clone and uh, you know, with pellets and 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 come out with clear wort. And they got the the hot blocker. They got uh, uh, great great thing they were showing at the uh, conference. The uh, uh, the hot rocket. The uh, the uh, a a hot back, mm-hmm. uh, so and that that looked really exciting as well. So lots of great stuff coming up. Blickman Engineering, uh, check them out. 
help support them because they support us, which uh, gives you gives you the show. So uh, nice to at least uh, send them some kind words. They 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 do appreciate it. They like they like hearing uh, that uh, the money they're spending is at least appreciated. If even if uh, you're not going to buy something, uh, it's nice to uh, you know just uh, say thank you. They're beer geeks like the rest of us, so yeah, they're always true. happy to hear from you. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think they kind of enjoy uh, being the sponsor of this show. Oh, they do very much. I mean, yeah. well, you saw them at uh, NHC when uh, they were there mm-hmm. uh, with myself. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we, John had a, a full top-tier system out, and he was out um, back uh, parking lot brewing on it and mm-hmm. had quite a crowd. Um, even um, uh, John Meyer was there from Rogue right? mm-hmm. and uh, well, checking yeah. out. And John Blickman is such a nice, polite, you know, serious, intelligent, well-spoken guy. Uh, you know, when you see him at these things, goofball. yeah. <laughs> when he gets a chance to relax, he's a total goofball. Yeah, it's, I was going to say he is really nice and polite. Uh-huh. But if you hang out with him just long enough, you'll get a dick joke or something. You know, <laughs> yeah, just long enough. Just cracks me up. Yeah, <laughs> I love that guy. He's he's hilarious. All right, so uh, this is the Q&A show, and uh, what we're going to do is uh, answer your questions. I, you know, before, we, before we kick off with the, uh, the, the ones that you've got, Justin, I got one here. I don't know, uh, I don't know if the guy, I told the guy to call in, but uh, I don't know if he's, he's in the chat. Uh, uh, this was uh, Mark. He, uh, he sent me an email saying basically he uh, loves the show, and he said... Uh, you're 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 pronouncing uh, acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde as acetaldehyde, which is there's there's no um, acetaldehyde. Right. There's no. There, we're we're throwing in an extra syllable there, which is correct. You know, we're yeah. we're, we're we're and I've known this for some time, and I keep doing it. It's like uh, diacetyl instead of saying diacetyl. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's like so many things. So yeah. what's the correct? So acetaldehyde. Really? Uh huh. I'm not going to be able to do that. That's difficult. He, by the way, he's in the chat and told me to oh, remind yeah. you of this question as well. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm leading <laughs> off with this bad boy. Yeah. He says, "You freaking moron! <laughs> uh, you suck! Yeah. You know the words coming out of your mouth are wrong." Yeah, keep up the good work. <laughs> say, it, say it for me again. Acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde? Uh-huh. That doesn't even seem like that's how it's spelled. Let me look at it here. Okay. so Oh, it is how it's spelled. Yeah. Right. Acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde. Yeah, yeah. I heard, I've heard it pronounced acetaldehyde, too. Uh-huh. Well, and... Uh, oh, yeah, we're adding a whole other thing. Now I see it. Well, it's well, an aldehyde. It's a combination. Is this acetic? Aldehyde. Is another name for it, acetic aldehyde. Yeah. So it's a combination of the two words, and you'd think it would be like uh, aceta aldehyde or something, but it's um, acetaldehyde. Okay, is the one of the accepted uh, pronunciations. I'm going to practice that. Yeah. Oh, well. So the first one is like asa. So as. Uh, oh, why didn't you say so? <laughs> now, now I got it down. And so we've been screwing this up for so so long. And it's like, uh, it was quite a while ago, I knew I was mispronouncing it, and I just kept on going. And uh, same thing, I, like I said, with diacetyl and diacetyl. Eh, 
What am I? What am I saying? You know. So, <laughs> diacetyl is there is also the right way to say it. Right, and diacetyl, diacetyl, um, diacetyl is probably the, the the what I'm told is the correct pronunciation. And we just said diacetyl for so long that right. You know, our, so many people said diacetyl for so long that it's nobody blinks yeah. you know, when you say diacetyl. But hmm. should be diacetyl and should be acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde. Yes. Okay. No, you're throwing in an extra al oh. in there. <laughs> al is not an asshat. Acetaldehyde. Yes. Okay. Oh, wow. By George, he, he's got it. <laughs> Trying. So thanks, Mark. You're 100% correct. And, uh, you know, what can I say? We're, we're just a couple asshats here doing, doing what we're doing. There's one in the forum now about Amarillo working. hops. Because of the two L, and because it's Amar- Amarillo, Amarillo, Amar- and the guy's going nuts. He's like, if I have to hear one more person say Amarillo, I'm going to go nuts because it's not actually a Spanish, right. you know, name. And it's it's Amarillo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least we got that one right. <laughs> right. That one we well, got right. And the the Willamette Valley. Yeah. Okay. And people say Willamette. Right. Is it Willamette? No. <laughs> It's Willamette. It's Willamette. Right. Not Willamette. Right. There's so many of these things. And, you know, it's, it's, in a way, it's okay. You know, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a language, which is ever changing and, and how people use it. That's how words yeah, have like changed over Boise. Right. <laughs> yeah. Boise. If we all had to do that correctly. That's the lambic you get out in, uh, Boise, Idaho. <laughs> yeah. Under Framboise. I have learned that it's Raleigh and not Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> Were you saying rally? I was always saying rally. Really? Like a moron. <laughs> well, yeah, that is that is pretty moronic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but well, and what was it? Uh, Elysian? I was. What was I saying? <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, was, you were doing Elysian like Elysian. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Elysian. I remember that. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Well, well that I, was, that I was horrible. Pronounced, I almost pronounced it as San Joaquin. <laughs> San Joaquin. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks, Mark. Uh, Very good. You're correct, and we will clean up our act and stop stop doing that. Probably, we'll give it a try. <laughs> At least through this segment, we'll say it correctly. Right through the rest of the segment. Okay, time to take a break. And when we come back, we'll have uh, more of your questions in this fine and dandy live Q and A on Bruce Strong. Back after this. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the Intuitive Beer Gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer. A brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. 
Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, Special Rotating Taps, and the BN Army Members Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. And now, Northern Brewer brings you another installment of The The Time Brewers. When last we left our heroes, they found themselves in 1842 in the province of Bohemia. Yo, this era jerky. All the beers is murky. What ho, friends, a male alewife. I don't know what I'm doing, so I got this dark malt, yeah? More stinky dark beer, yeah. No, sir. Please, wait. Just a moment. Hi, a package from the future from Northern Brewer. Use the Pilsner malt, my good man. And the Sats Hobbs, sucker. They ain't noble like Queen Victoria, but you can use Sterling from Portland to Astoria. Let your war caramelize and let melanodins harmonize in a long boil. Keep your starter undercover with aluminum foil. Boo. And use it thou some bog myrtle. Northern Brewer is your one-stop homebrew supplier throughout the entire Fermento chronosphere. The widest selection of quality malt, hops, yeast, $7.99 flat rate shipping, and get your nasty ass bog myrtle back to the dark ages, brother Abelard. Hey, this golden lager with the happy hops pretty damn good. Thanks, Time Brewers. Thanks, Northern Brewer. Our work here is done, my friends. Now, to wherever we are next, we did. Tune in next time for the continuing adventures of the Time Brewers. Ewa, what's it feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. It's the Brewing Network. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. We're back. Live, beer. Live Q&A. We're having beer. 
And since this is the uh, third show of the day, we're, we've had plenty of beer. Yes. All right. And Gatorade. Yep. So we do these shows live. All the Brewing Network uh, production is all done live, and and you hear it, and it, it doesn't get edited down. It's, uh, you know, what you hear is what you get. So you can also participate in this for all the shows on the Brewing Network. You can actually go uh, to thebrewingnetwork.com. There's a chat. Uh, now button and uh, you know you can listen live and you get in there you don't have to add or enter a password or anything you, you can type in any screen name you want and uh, join in and it's moderated chat and you can uh, you know add feedback to into the show uh, you know the Sunday session they have a call screener so they can uh, take uh, live calls on the uh, 888-401-BEER number and uh it's a chance for you to participate in the shows and make the shows a big part of uh, you know what you're interested in. Different than shows where you know it's all uh, you know canned and, and and edited. This one is done live, so all all the Brew Network. That's a big part of what we do, and uh, it's great to have you participate. So you can send in emails uh, to brewstrong at thebrewnetwork dot com. You can uh, get in the chat and and interact live. You can uh, you know. Uh, do all that stuff. You can leave them on the request line, whatever you like. All right. Our first question. Okay. Bob wrote in this week. Um, he says, say you want to have a nice IPA with a good hot presence, ready to go when your next tap opens up. But you just don't know when that tap's going to be free. Mm-hmm. So he wants to know, are there any secrets to brewing and storing a keg of IPA so that the hops don't fall out of suspension while the keg waits its turn? Should I do it upside down? Should I store it upside down? Should I shake it frequently? Um, any suggestions to get keep that IPA fresh? Add cement. Uh, they won't move at all. Perfect. It's not really the hops physically dropping out um, yeah, and forming a layer. It's it's you know it's more it's leaving solution, and you know that's the issue. It's it's not like particles dropping out, but they leave solution. They become particles that maybe they drop out, but. And it's also the kind of dulling of the flavors, the oxidation of the beer. Especially IPAs tend to be fairly pale beer, and pale beers just don't do that well as far as long-term storage. The colder you store it, the better it should be. Um, you know, the if you want, um, you know, a beer like that, what I, you know, you really want to drink it, uh, you know, soon rather than later. The thing I would do is store it cold, limit the amount of oxygen pickup throughout your process you know if you're yeah. you know the more oxygen you add the worse off it's, that beer is going to be so the more you can you know uh restrain oxygen the better uh cleanliness is good as well and then before you know right as you're, you're going to go ahead and put it on add some dry hops to it yeah you, know, you that's can add I'm them in a too. sack or whatever yeah. or you know even loose but uh if you do some dry hops right before uh you know a day or two before serving let it get started and leave them in there through serving It'll add some bright hop characters, some fresher hop characters uh, to the beer, so that'll that'll help kind of mitigate the the delay. Still, I wouldn't wait more than you know, let's say a month tops on that IPA because they they just don't do well with long term storage. I think. And it's okay to do that dry hop even if you've already dry hopped it when you were sure. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Doesn't add a. No. Okay. Dry hopping is like dry humping. You just can't do it too much. No, it's do it. As long as you're not chafing. <laughs> right. Uh, and then Bob just wants you guys to know that he bought a three-tier system based on your talks about it, and he loves it. So thanks for uh, oh, introducing him go. to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Okay. It's a great system. All right, here's Make one sure from... You, you let Blickman know. Yeah. <laughs> Send him an email. Let him know that Jay, Jay-Z sold it to you. 
All right, Tom. I expect my commission. <laughs> right. Tom wrote in, love the show both for entertainment and beer info. I'm a new extract brewer, and I have a concern. My last two batches have a bicarbonate taste to them, and I'm sure it's not right. He says the beer's not overcarbonated, yet you get that feeling in your mouth when you drink it. It is drinkable, and it tends to mellow with time, but still, two to three months later, it's there. Uh, he said the first beer was a, a Belgian blonde, and the second, a petite saison. Um, it's got a little more. In the first, I used tap water, and I ran it through a carbon filter. And in the second, I used distilled bottled water. Follow the directions very closely. Try to be as clean as possible. Chill the wort with an immersion chiller. Uh, firm temps are in the mid to high end, but within the range the kit specifies. Are there any typical things that can cause these off flavors? Tom. I guess I want to... He's describing it as a bicarbonate flavor? Yeah, that's his only description, too. Hmm. See, I wonder if he's not talking about like a fizzy kind of, you oh, know... like a soda water? Right, and I'm wondering if it's uh, not... Uh, Possibly a wild yeast or a bacterial, yeah, kind of thinning it out, making it fizzy and large bubbles. Yeah, that that could be if he if that's what he means, like a soda water um, kind of thing. Yeah. Hmm. So nothing other than carbonation level, you're saying, could cause this? Well, yeah, contamination. Okay. Yeah. There's there's two things that out. Yeah. What what Jamil said as far as uh, a wild yeast infection, where with time the the wild yeast eats up all the fermentable sugars and and long chain dextrin, so that you end up with carbonated water um, with not a lot of beer flavor left. Um, if it is a if it is a, like a purely a mineral thing, like um, well, he said he used distilled water or bottled water. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, I really wouldn't. I wouldn't expect a heavy mineral taste to come through, mm-hmm. unless it's something metallic, you know, say from uh, the keg he's using or uh, something, you know, some residual there. But that wouldn't. I wouldn't describe that as a, a bicarbonate taste. So yeah, I think Jamil, you probably you probably got it with the wild yeast contamination, mm-hmm. and that's probably coming from his racking cane or equipment somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he's introducing that and then bottling, yeah, bottling, yeah, yeah. That's that's a thing. Um, you know, it, it's hard to know for sure without tasting the beer. Right. But we've seen so many things and tasted so many beers that I think we have a pretty good guess. A lot of times in interpreting people's interpretations of of what they are detecting and uh, and then just kind of guessing. You know, so it's a guess, but. An educated one, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, another question came through from Metal Tiger. and Actually, could have fit in our high-gravity shows, too. He wants to know, do you recommend adding sugar to increase fermentability in a wort that's already over 1080? Uh, well, uh, yes, um, but... All right, so... Uh, increasing fermentability... Um, here's the the tricky thing. I think, I'm not sure that he's misunderstood this, but people had in the past where we've said, you can, you know, add simple sugars to, you know, get a more fermentable wort. Well, 
so people think, well, I take my recipe, whatever it is, and then I add simple sugar, and then it makes it more fermentable. Well, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Really what you want to do, if you're comparing fermentability, you have your all-grain beer, right? And it's 1080. If you ferment that out, it'll attenuate a certain amount. If you remove a portion of the malt and add back enough simple sugars to, Get again, be 1080. a 1080, yeah. that should be more fermentable than the all-grain version. So that's what we mean by using simple sugars to increase fermentability. Um, and especially in a beer over 1080, I would try to make sure a portion of the grain bill or the the recipe is simple sugars for a portion of that that uh, that gravity uh, because it will help it attenuate better and there's already plenty of flavor and proteins and stuff like that in those uh, with you know the substantial amount of malt you're already using do you have anything right. to add to that one John no I, I I agree completely yeah if you're exactly what you said if you're got a 1080 beer um, you, what you want to do is remove two pounds of malt extract and substitute two pounds of sugar or one pound, you know, and, and increase the fermentability and create, enlighten the body that way mm-hmm. rather than taking a 1080 beer and adding another pound of white sugar to it. Mm-hmm. That will, I mean, that will change, that'll, re, you know, increase the fermentability, yes, but it'll also change the character of the beer that you were shooting for. And it also increases the starting gravity. So yeah. That's why, yeah. you know, you need to remove some sugars before you add some sugars so right you, you want to change the type of sugars that are available overall yeah not the total amount right all right great now a few guys in the chat room uh bug eater included uh metal tiger have been talking about adding either expired yeast or a bit of your yeast slurry um to the end of your boil to use as a yeast nutrient mm-hmm so they wanted to know your thoughts on using an expired yeast and mm-hmm. have you ever done it and same mm-hmm. with the slurry and if you did right. how much right yeah um you can do that uh you know a couple you know a, a tablespoon or so um you know uh, several teaspoons uh that that's probably about right uh, for your average 5 gallon 19 liter batch mm-hmm. the um the thing is you know a lot of those yeasts at that point um you know, uh, they may be nutrient poor at that time, and you know they may not have uh, enough zinc in them. Things like Cervomyces, they you know grow them in a very like uh, zinc rich environment. That's why it has enough zinc to to provide the zinc you need. So if you're doing that, I would still add a zinc supplement. But I think you know using that kind of nutrient is is you know is fine. That used to be a real uh, common practice. For a lot of home brewers, and and still is, I guess for, for mm-hmm. quite a few. I've done it with my yeast starters. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, but and and the yeast nutrient that you can get is is, is relatively cheap, isn't it? Yeah. Oh so, yeah. Um, Servo's a little pricey because uh, you know the zinc is you know supposedly more bioavailable um, because of the process of uh, getting the yeast to take it up in the first place. Okay. And, and then you know so it's it's supposedly uh, uh, more effective. Uh, it's a little trickier, and you know, there's uh, you know patents on it, so uh, it's a little little more pricey. But uh, still, you know, the the cost per batch is so cheap 
that mm-hmm. uh, you know it's uh, effective. If if you want to do zinc separately, you can get uh, you know zinc uh, supplements at the health food store and things like that, and you can use those. In the the new yeast book coming out, we tell you how much you want to use. Oh, great! Those zinc supplements, depending on the supplement. All right, why don't we take a short break, and when we come back, we'll get to more of your questions right after this. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmaster's Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BNARMY in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Do you support the Brewing Network? Do you brew your own? Are you looking for any economical, fun, and legal way to do both? Subscribe to Brew Your Own magazine and do just that. All year long, Brew Your Own will surprise you, entertain you, and educate you with articles on beer and brewing from authors like the Brewing Network's very own Jamel Zedeshev and John Palmer. Each issue is a full pint of brewing techniques, homebrew stories, tips and photos, projects to make yourself, and recipes for the avid home brewer. Get your tough questions answered by Mr. Wizard. And polish your style accuracy with DeVille. A portion of every subscription goes to the Brewing Network, so subscribe today at byo.com slash brewingnetwork, or just click the BYO logo on the Brewing Network homepage and support a fantastic hobby and your favorite broadcaster. Brew your own, the how-to homebrew beer magazine. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's No Beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. The new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew sand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. 
announcing the beer, beer, and more beer deal of the day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The, the more beer, beer deal, deal of the day. day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the more beer deal of the day at morebeer.com. Celebrity voices impersonated. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. We're doing a live Q&A session here on the Bruce Strong Show. Next question up, Justin. All right. Uh, it's a question about your brewing classic styles. Um, Fine classic book by uh, John Palmer and myself. Available Highly signed recommend. in the store right now. For available in the Bring Network store. Yeah. How to Brew is available there, too, but not signed, because I haven't had Palmer up here in a little while. Um, Just tell the truth. Palmer doesn't want to sign books for, this, <laughs> the, for the Cretans that listen. Yeah, he's done. Calls them Cretans. <laughs> just doesn't like our listeners. So let's, let's just stop playing around. Uh, the question is about your Saison recipe in Classic Styles. He says, uh, there is sugar in the extract paragraph written in the book, uh-huh. but it does not mention where in the process this goes. Can you tell me? Um, boil, firm. Right. I, I tend, in the Saison, I tend to throw it into the boil kettle. And, uh, last, last few minutes of the boil, uh, you can really throw it in earlier. You could, you know, uh, do it any point in the boil you want, and you can put it in the fermenter later on. Each will give you a very slightly different result. The advantage to putting it in the boil is you don't have to worry about sanitizing. You don't have to do anything later on. It's all in there. It's not that much simple sugar that it's a problem. Uh, if you're having trouble getting it to attenuate fully that recipe, then what I'd say is go ahead and hold back the sugar uh, start your fermentation once you know it's just uh, right around you know good into high croissant or a little bit past that. Um, you can go ahead and start throwing in the uh, the simple sugars you know a little bit uh, every every other day or something like that or every day and uh, you should get it to ferment out nice and fully. It'll help. Okay. And quickly, Jay Z pronounced the word that we discussed at the beginning of the show: acetaldehyde. Yeah, right. <laughs> good. I'm going to test you both, Palmer. You better be on your toes. Okay. Acetaldehyde. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, I can't pronounce this person's name, as a matter of fact. Sewell Word is in the chat room. Oh, gee, great. <laughs> We're doing so great on pronunciation. And then I get Sewell Word. Um, okay. Uh, going back to your discussion on uh, brewing high-gravity beers and then diluting them that we did on the last episode. What are the best styles that you think would be good to to brew this way for for dilution? Do you guys have any opinion on that? The best would probably be like American light lager. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and American lager. Mm-hmm. Um, could you do a pills Well, you could, but, you know, just because that is, you know, I think de facto part of the style. 
you know, so if you're really trying to brew, you know, a great example of those styles, then I think that's that's an advantage there. Okay. Um, otherwise, I don't know. You know, one thing that uh, I don't think uh, we made clear on that show, and Tasty and I were talking afterwards, was, you know, when you're doing this, you don't necessarily have to dilute the beer by, you know, 50%. Uh, yeah. You, know, you, you don't, you know, you could do 10%, 20%, whatever it would be, you know, just to goose up your production volume without having a major impact in body and head and things like that. Tasty was saying, oh, yeah, he says, when I do 50, that is like the extreme. He goes, I rarely do that. Okay. So, um Yes, it's when he gets you know somebody like you where he doesn't want to really give you beer and right. wants to give you water instead. You know that makes something sense. Like that, he needs to now. Now that Chad's gone, right. brewing somewhere else. Yeah, see, I knew you'd miss Chad <laughs> for something. Right, with the brewing, whether it's the the warm snuggles at night, <laughs> it's a little of both. I'll tell yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, Chris from Pennsylvania wrote in, and by the way, you can always email your Q&A questions to brewstrong at thebrewingnetwork.com or join us in the chat room and ask him that way. Um, his question is related to break material um, and separating that post-boil. He says, my current process is that I immediately begin chilling uh, with an immersion chiller at knockout while the wort is still in the boil kettle. I get a massive, uh, massive amount of material that doesn't really ever settle out, even after 30 minutes or so. So what I've begun doing is running the chilled wort through very fine mesh bags as a filter to catch the hot material. And I don't know if it's really even catching the break material. Um, so I'm looking for a better way to improve this portion of my process, if there is one. Hmm. So any way to get rid of the cold break material? It's really odd that it won't settle. Um, that sounds strange to me. Uh, you know, it, it should settle. Given time... <laughs> definitely should settle and then okay. just run it off very carefully. Uh, it's very difficult to, to filter out uh, break material with a mesh because it really just breaks up and just goes right through. It's um, you know very fine materials kind of loosely coagulated together. Uh, you might get some, but I don't know that you're really uh, going to get that much out of it. You know, you know, even if you get all that visible breakout, there's still plenty of that material in there. Any thoughts on this, uh, John? No, I, I think in terms of in terms of um, good fermentation performance, you want some of the some of the break material in there. Yeah, um, but there's there's just plenty. Tons. Even, yeah. Even if you remove all the visible, so, there's still yeah. lots more. I, I think if you just whirlpool and you know go for it. I mean, I, w- I really wouldn't try to, I wouldn't get obsessed with trying to filter it out. Right. Um, That's probably causing more problems with oxidation, contamination, yeah. than it's worth. I would, I would, before I tried running it through a, a bag, I would just transfer it all to the fermenter. Yeah. I would just go with that instead. Yeah. You know, one of and, the, one of the problems with the break material is if you're trying to repitch the yeast, end up with a lot of that break material mixed in with the yeast, and it's not so great for the yeast health for repitching. But um, other than that, it's you know, especially in ales, things like that, I don't think it really matters. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you're going to be if that fermentation is going to sit for a long time, if you get lazy and uh, leave it on the on the trub for you know a month or more, uh, then the more break material is in there, then you know the more off flavors you're going to develop. But 
you know, if you it just just if it all goes in the fermenter and you ferment it and you know and monitor that fermentation and get it off the get it out of the fermenter, you know, when it's done and into your into a keg or into bottles, you're you're not going to have a problem with it. Yeah. It's not be- now, are we going to say trub or trub? I like trub. saying trub. Yeah. See, I, I still go with trub. Hmm. <laughs> But we don't know the correct way, do we? Yeah. Well, I don't tec- pronounce tec- French words right either. So. Technically, it's trube. Yeah. You know, it's a German word, I guess. Someone yeah. else, uh, similar, because I think it could be said either way, Palmer was correcting you on draft, because it's, is it draft right. or draught? Right. You can say right. either one. You can, right? Yeah. 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 These weird ones. And this is America, damn it. <laughs> America. <laughs> <laughs> now is it America or, or America? Well, it depends on how much you mean it. If you really mean it, it's America. How, how far south you are, and, <laughs> yeah. and how much how much PBR you have. <laughs> That's exactly right. I've only had half a glass, so it's still America. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, Kim Wood was in the chat room for a bit and says uh, she's got a homemade stir plate, and it's pretty weak. It barely gets a little dimple before throwing the bar off. Oh, so so maybe her she's talking about wood. Weak. No, uh, she's talking about Andy. Yeah, no. she might be. Yeah, it's, it's weak. And barely throws gets a, the bar. Yeah, quickly. Um, He's got cute dimples, though. <laughs> what she wants to know is, can I still use all the same settings on the Mister Multi pitching rate calculator, or do I have to adjust for this very slow stir? I think is what she's saying. Uh, um, slow ride. Well, so she's getting a dimple. I think she's getting a dimple. Well, barely getting a dimple, and then it throws the rod. Well, yeah. But, yeah, but if there's a dimple, it's fine, right? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's that's fine. Even if it's a tiny dimple, you've said in the past. I yeah, think. Yeah, right. Okay. If you see any sort of deflection of the surface, then that's that's that plenty. Fine. Okay. And uh, you know, she, she just uh, probably needs better magnets. Right. You tell her to come over by my place. Late some night, where a real man has a real man has magnets that'll that'll pull her dimple like you wouldn't believe. Okay, I'll tell her. Won't throw her bar or anything. All right. I was supposed to cup your nuts for her too, but I I refused. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's Kim. Appreciate that. Okay. Uh, Vitamin T is in the chat room and says he just bought a Blickman top tier. Not a boy, and he started using uh, Herms for his mash. Mm-hmm. All right, um, but he's having issues maintaining the mash temperature. He's mm-hmm. using a Ranko controller on his pump. Mm-hmm. Do you and Palmer have any um, tips about how he can help maintain his mash temperature using his Herms system? Yes. Okay. And I, you know, a lot of people talk about you know insulation things like that. If you are working in a really cold uh, area, uh, insulating the hoses. That you're using to run your your wort out and through the uh, the heat exchanger and back, uh, just get some uh, that foam hose pipe insulation that uh, you know, slip it over the hoses and that'll make a huge difference in heat loss uh, during recirculation. And uh, you know you can insulate the outside of the the, the kettles, but uh, you know the pots. But I I wouldn't bother the heat. So the tubing, and then uh, you want to. Dial in your wherever your hot liquor that you're using for your heat exchanger. You want to have that at the right temperature. So uh, usually you want to keep that about. It depends on so many different factors, but you know 
if you're keeping it, you know, 10 degrees or 15 degrees hotter than your target temperature for your mash, that should allow you to do a lot of recirculation and be able to maintain temperature no problem. Um, if you go cooler than that, then it's going to lag and it's going to have a hard time keeping up. If you go hotter than that, you know, 15 is about the limit usually. If you go hotter than that, what happens is the, the temperature in the mash will wildly swing. It'll just, you know, it'll look like, oh, temperature's not going up, temperature's not going up. And then all of a sudden you're past it by five degrees. I've had that. Yeah, ours. and then, you know, and then you'll let it cool down, and then all of a sudden it's really cold because, you know, the you know as the liquid goes through. So you want a temperature that will allow you to run the recirculation very frequently. And um, and if you get it right, it'll it'll stick right on on the temp. You know, you, you won't even be varying a degree. So, uh, you know, it's finding the right hot liquor tank temp. Insulate those hoses if you're in a an area that's not warm during the day when you're brewing. So that's my tips. John, you got any? No, I haven't done herms. What do you? What is, is your rims on your uh, top tier? Yeah, I'm rims. Yeah. What's the difference for those who? Um, I heat the wort uh, with the with the flame. Okay. And uh, whereas uh, instead of using the hot water to heat the wort. Okay. All right. No, direct heating versus indirect heating. Okay. Essentially yeah. what it boils down to. All right. Another question for you guys. This came through from Dwight in Indiana. Um, he's new to home brewing and following a five-gallon extract kit recipe. Um, but he's kind of making some changes. He wants to expedite his learning curve. And so this question is about hop utilization. He plans on splitting his five-gallon extract kit, which was designed to boil as a partial two-and-a-half-gallon mm-hmm. batch. He's going to th- instead split that into two full-boil two-and-a-half-gallon batches. Mm-hmm. Then he's going to split that again when he's done into two one-and-a-quarter-gallon fermentations so that he can explore different yeasts, etc. Mm-hmm. So he says the kit calls out uh, you know, their spe- specific hop schedule, but I know, he says, I get better hop utilization going with a full boil. Mm-hmm. I've also heard I'll get worse utilization with a smaller batch size, like a smaller kettle or you know, higher percentage of boil off. Yeah. So is there a percentage of change in the hops that I should shoot for since he's scaling this in half with his, with his beers? Does he need to adjust that way? Or just... Well- I would say that if he looks at if he looks at the uh, the gravity of his boil, if he's you know instead of doing all the extract in a two and a half gallon boil, now he's doing in essence a full volume boil, you know with lower boiling gravity uh, by putting half the extract into two two and a half uh, pots each. Um, I think that will. That should account for most of his increased utilization by, you know, going to the lower gravity boil. Um, the amount of alpha that is going to be lost by the increased surface area from the use of the smaller pots and the smaller batch sizes, um, hard to quantify. Um, there's There hasn't been a model to cover that yet. So... I would kind of, I just, you know, from a black box point of view, um, go with the factor you know. Uh, look at uh, 
boil gra- you know the decrease in boil gravity a function of util- the increase in utilization and use that as your your uh, measuring yeah the other the other factor is um, going to be much smaller I think so I would just uh, you know adjust for gravity and you know, maybe fudge it a little bit towards the uh, yeah you know the high end but and if I could just say, Mr. New Brewing Guy, settle down with the learning everything at once. You're going to get to it. It'll be fine. You don't have to learn That's everything true. in one batch and split it into, you know. Go with Justin's model. <laughs> learn nothing yes. all the time. All the time. And eventually you'll still have learned nothing. Try that. See how that works for you. Okay, uh, another quick question. Um, Brian wrote in um, to Jay-Z, love the book, uh, Classic Styles. And I'm going to do Mr. Maltinator next. It says in the recipe to use 9L Munich LME. And then in the all grain, grain part, it says to use just Munich. I'm going to be using Wireman because that's what my local homebrew shop carries. As a Wireman or a Vireman? Mm, it's Vireman is what it should be. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're right. You see, we're all being sloppy. <laughs> uh, he says, I assume I should use Vireman Munich 2 since the color is closer to 9L than Munich 1. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Go for that? Yep. Stick with the lava bond. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Generally, the the extracts are a little darker than the all grain, than the grains. So you want to pick just the, you know, a notch or two down. It depends on how they've produced it. So. Okay. Yeah. I think. And by uh, the way, um, if you're looking for Munich malt extract uh, in the uh, in the U.S., um, Brees makes Munich malt e- extract. So uh, have your homebrew shop um, check out, uh, try sourcing it from Brees, and they can get it from there, or Wireman. You mean Fireman? Fireman, yeah. <laughs> oh, good, because I didn't know. Okay. Well, let's take a short break, and a couple questions to wrap it up after this. The cutting-edge equipment from Blickman Engineering is designed by brewers to make your brew day shorter, more enjoyable, and to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry and much more like the modular top tier brewing stand conical fermenters and their boiler maker brew pots with more cutting edge equipment coming soon keep up with the latest from blickman at blickmanengineering.com and stay on the cutting edge whether I'm making me dry stout or rebuilding me kegs, I head to the heart of dear Dublin for me homebrewing supplies. You head all the way back to Emerald Isle just for a wee batch of grain or a bit of keg tubing? No, you moronic waste deliver Dublin, California. I go to HopTech. For 30 years, HopTech in Dublin, California has been supplying homebrewers with malt extract, fresh grains, hops, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts, and much more. HopTech is one of the first homebrew supply shops on the internet and is proud to offer a war- 
award-winning beer kits, both online and in their store, where they offer a 10% discount to all AHA members. The store is open every day except Wednesday or shop online at hoptech.com anytime. Hoptech is run by passionate, award-winning brewers who live, love, and travel for beer and bring their experience to the store for you. If you don't want to visit Dublin, just call toll-free 800-379-4677 or go to hoptech.com. Visit Hoptech today in Dublin, California and at hoptech.com. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. Mother f- White Labs. It's all in the vial. Organic ingredients. Fresh, clean, good for you, good for the planet. Seven Bridges has the best selection of organic ingredients, including over 27 varieties of organic hops at breworganic.com. Join their mailing list for special deals and regular updates. They've been brewing organic and serving organic brewers for 13 years. They can help you brew great organic beer. And Seven Bridges is the proud host of the fourth annual National Organic Brewing Challenge, the only BJCP-sanctioned nationwide brewing competition just for organic beers. Take the challenge this fall for a chance to win great prizes, including stainless steel brew kettles and organic brewing ingredients. This year, the challenge will be judged in two locations, on the East Coast at Capital City Brewing in Arlington, Virginia, and on the West Coast at Gordon Biersch in San Jose, California. For complete details, visit breworganic.com slash competition. Seven Bridges is cooperatively owned in awesome Santa Cruz, California. Everyone there is dedicated to great beer and people-friendly business practices. They offer environmentally friendly, fair trade, and fair wage brewing products whenever possible. Seven Bridges, breworganic.com. Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Like the Lance Armstrong of the beer world. Except for that nut thing. This is Bruce Strong. All right, we're just about done with our uh, live Q&A show. We do these uh, about every third show, so if you've got your questions, you'll want to uh, you know check it out, check our schedule, and uh, uh, when we let you know we're doing the, the live shows, you uh, can hook up with the brewingnetwork.com, check out the uh, uh, chat now and listen live, and you can get in there and ask questions, and, and we'll answer them live on the air. All right. Last couple questions, and then we're out of here. All right. Jacob in the chat room says, has a chill-proofing question. Mm-hmm. Says, I get my beer to uh, minus 1C, and it gets hazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, after 10 days at 4C uh, or three days at 10C, the haze disappears. Is it precipitating and settling to the bottom, or is it dissolving back into solution? And both. It's both. Okay. Is it best to do this in the fermenter or in bottles to get rid of this haze? Follow-up. Uh, I guess if, if, you're, if you intend to chill-proof your beer, it'd be best to do it in, in the fermenter. 
in the bulk because then you can transfer off of anything that's settled yeah. out. Avoid mm-hmm. getting shaken back up. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and is, is filtering something that uh, that's going to no. get rid of chill haze? That's not that won't no. happen. It's too small for that. Right. Okay. The, oh, if you filter it fine enough, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, but you filter out the flavor too. Yeah. Take you four days. You run it through. Yeah. I, chill, go ahead and chill proof it, and uh, then rack off um, to to get it clear. Um, well, it depends on I, also how long things have been. I mean, you know, sometimes it yeah. could be you know a yeast haze as well, and. Right. You know, hard to be sure. You know, if it's a yeast haze, you can filter out the yeast. Um, you know, That's what I was say. you know, you might try uh, doing a you know five micron filter filtration or seven micron filtration, something like that, and see if the beer brightens up at all. Um, then you have you know larger particles at, at play. Yeah, I was going to say if you if you use something like PVC, mm. which is good for chill haze or PV. PVP, can't can't remember the initials, but um, polyclar uh, is real good for chill haze. Uh, then you would filter, you could filter that out and uh, get all get rid of all your haze that way. Um, the polyclar would help bind the the very small haze particles uh, to the to the plastic, and then you would um, use a larger uh, mesh or micron filter um, with that. Filter out the the polyclar and uh, not filter out any of your your uh, flavor compounds, but you would get rid of the haze that way. All right, all right. And then a question about Flanders Red uh, came through, uh, Jamil. What's your current opinion on using wooden dowels inserted into drilled stoppers to add both oak flavor and a little oxygen over time into something like a, a Flanders Red? Yeah, I, I just don't like the wooden dowel thing at all. Um, if you want to add oak, I would just you know toss in oak cubes because um, the wooden dowels just give you like very very little oak flavor. That's not effective in that. I think. Oh, it's not enough. Oh, because he mentioned that he thought it might be too much oak no. flavor. But no, you know, and and those dowels don't tend to be you know proper toasted oak, and, and they tend to be uh, you know it depends on. A lot of different factors, and I, I think you know using a good uh, you know barrel grade toasted oak cube. I think you get the flavor you're looking for, and uh, you know going down to the Home Depot and getting a dowel and all that. I don't yeah. know, but you know you could be using a uh, I guess you could be using a barrel grade you know dowel from like a, you know one of the wine supply shops. Uh, that's a possibility. Uh, and then as far as oxygen goes, you know. I'm um, I'm you know, more and more of a fan of you know slower oxygen and longer periods of time. Now I used to do it quick and and get decent results, but now I like to just take my time and do the oxygen much slower. So I use a just a carboy cap, one of those little hoods, uh, and that tends to be leaky enough for uh, the amount of oxygen I want. Um. The hoods I've seen all have the spout coming out of it for right. like a racking cane. Are you right. talking about leaving that spout open? Oh, I, I cap them. Oh, or I'll okay. either put a you know, like an airlock in there, and the other one is capped. Okay, that's, that's still plenty leaky. And how much is over time? We talking two years here? Like or? a year. A year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
and I'll you know I'll, I'll do a smaller carboy like a five gallon and I'll let it I'll fill it up to the neck so I only have a small surface area. Okay. Because I think it, you know the, the other things they're just it's producing too much acetic. Otherwise, I'm just getting you know real vinegary. Too vinegary. Yeah. yeah. And you know that's the interesting thing. You know a lot of the the Flanders. That people have been giving me to taste, they've just been reeking of vinegar. So people are getting too much oxygen. You know, the brett, um, uh, when it gets a, a lot of oxygen, it starts producing the acetic acid, and you know, you end up with a real vinegar character. A little bit is appropriate for Flanders, but it shouldn't be, you know, like salad dressing. It shouldn't be that that vinegary. And you got to learn to. You know, people are like, oh, it's just it's great, and I'm like, you know, you got to learn the difference between like a lactic sourness and acetic sourness. They're two really different things. Just because it's sour doesn't necessarily mean it was well done. Okay, so you got to, you know, be careful about the amount of oxygen that you're letting in. Okay, and Palmer, how do you pronounce the D word that we discussed at the beginning of the program? Dick, I pronounce it diacetyl. Diacetyl, but that yeah. wasn't the right way we were saying, is it? Diacetyl. Diacetyl. Yeah. Uh, and actually, uh, our final question really is, uh, when does the yeast book come out, Jamil? Do you have a date or do you know? Uh, GABF. Okay. September 16th, 16th will be that Thursday. Yeah, I'm supposed to be there signing books, so hopefully they'll have a stack. Great. <laughs> if hopefully. not, I'll be sitting there drinking. So. <laughs> signing one, cleavage. Yeah, one way or and another. And telling people where the bathroom is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on by and press your breasts together in front of me and I'll yeah, sign. That's what you're signing. Yeah, so Palmer, here's a little story to wrap up with. Palmer and I are sitting there signing brewing classic styles. And, we, we, you know, at times we'll get like a pretty good line of people showing up to, to have books signed. And then other times it's like everybody's off drinking or whatever. They've got their books signed. And, and some woman would came up walking straight up towards us. <laughs> Actually, we had a couple of people do this. Walk straight up towards us like they know us. And they're like, you know, where's the bathroom? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, you know, come back over this way. Oh, man. Yeah, they got the big poster board that says authors signing books. We've got a stack of books. We've got pens in our hand. We look like the picture on the wall, you know. That's fucked up. (laughs) Where's the bathroom? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a couple of people who did that, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't wasn't just uh, one. It was maybe uh, maybe three or so. <laughs> oh, that was the Saturday crowd, as I remember. Ah, it was one of them. I don't know. Yeah. Palmer just has that union look about him, you know. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we'll have to work on our, uh, our don't speak English. Uh, right. Yeah. For for, for this year. All right. Well, another great show, another great Q&A. Uh, make sure you, you, you catch that uh, next time. Uh, you'll want to sign up for uh, the Brewing Network uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Justin posts that stuff out there and says, hey, you know, show's coming up, and you get a chance to uh, join in with us and have a lot of fun with us. Also, don't forget to check out our sponsor, BlickmanEngineering.com. They uh, they pay for the show, so you don't have to. Also, check out the Brewing Network store, thebrewingnetwork.com. All sorts of goodies in there, and there's these great Brew Strong shirts uh, and hats and all that other good gear. Books. We'll have the yeast book in there. We'll have it, uh, an opportunity to have them signed if you want to pick up the yeast book and, and get it signed by Chris White and myself. And uh, other goodies. And uh, <clears throat> make sure that uh, as always you're out there brewing lots of good beer and sharing with your neighbors having a good time and uh, all that other stuff and 
we'll see you at the next event, which I guess is uh, GABF. Uh, you have any other events coming up before then? I will no. be at the Eat Real event in Oakland. The Brewing Network uh-huh. staff will be down there at Eat Real at Jack London in Oakland. All right. Directing people to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, bathroom's <laughs> over there. Yeah. All right. Until later. Remember, uh, I love you, uh, random citizen. Be strong. And keep reaching for the bars. <laughs>